Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Science, and I have built a set of mathematical models that I call sideline to predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the baseball models over the course of this episode. It's to cover six Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Saturday, June 10th, 2023. Engineer, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Remember, if you're interested in projections on picks for every single game, we're only going to cover six of the 15 here. The other nine sign up on Dub Club. That cost is under $1 per day. Link is in the show description. Gives you access to a lot more goodies as well, including the price the model requires for any game to become an A grade. All the, again, the projections, probabilities, totals, A plus plays the day, and that Discord chat where we have a lot of fun and help each other make some good sports bets and other things besides the sports that we cover on this show. Remember, the sports are unpredictable. So the discussion on this show projects a typical game and does not try to forecast it to a T as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. We take a long-term view on here. Don't get distracted. When the Astros starting pitcher, one of the best pitchers in the game, completely melts down in the fifth inning, and then the center fielder decides to overrun a ball, and those are all of the runs in the game that, that you know, cost the Astros a victory there if you were on them, or whatever the heck that was, and... Mets Braves 13 to 10 in a game with Spencer Strider and Justin Verlander, um, which which reminds me of a game. And I believe it was Verlander pitching a long time ago back. I would say in his prime. But I mean, he was really good last year. A long time ago <clears throat> facing you Darvish back when he was at the Rangers. One of the first games that I took uh, Mrs. Professor to on a, on a date a long, long time ago. Uh, and actually met up with uh, another good friend of mine uh, at that game. And him and I were so excited that it was going to be such a pitcher's duel. And uh, uh, I think it was like eight to five in the third inning or something like that. It was a crazy high scoring game. And uh, so from, from then on, Mrs. Professor has always joked that pitcher's duel lead to high scoring games and sure enough, 13 to 10 in the game. That's not what usually happens when those guys pitch. But again, it goes back to when we're talking about these games, we're talking about a typical game. Uh, there are weird outlier occurrences, but in the long run, that stuff's going to balance out. It's just hard to foresee before it happens, unfortunately. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it will be profitable every single day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Overall, though, I am still pleased with where the model is, where the totals are. Everything seems to be uh, doing really well. Again, not every single day is profitable. Not every um, day of totals or sides are, but we're just continuing to slowly and steadily increase that bankroll, and that is the goal here uh, between uh, the recommended picks, which are now like five straight weeks of winning uh, since I started paring down and not playing, you know, and, and kind of saying which ones of the bees in the season I'm recommending. I think it's five weeks, six weeks. I don't know, all winning totals winning every single week. It's just been a lot of fun here for baseball season. Uh, like it always seems to be, uh, it's a fun ride and hopefully we can just keep on keeping on. So we don't get distracted when weird things like that Mets Braves game happen, but we don't get distracted when we uh, get on a hot streak either. We just keep on with our principles. If you're increasing your bet, amount it should be because it's proportional to your bankroll we're not going to double our bets triple our bets quadruple our bets stuff like that we're going to stay principled stay sound keep making smart positive expected value plays that's what we're looking to do here whether using the probabilities from my model or another model thinking about what price is required for you to make a play is always the smart way to go about it and that's what i'm going to challenge you to do here today but before we get to this saturday slate some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube 
Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of college basketball. MLB, your college football content that this channel provides. The way I scale picks, A grade money line plays will return four units, B grades three, C grades two. That way it's like flat betting, but scales up or down a little bit based off the odds. That way on the bigger dogs, we risk even less. So it's kind of like allowing us to scale back a little bit on the bigger favorites. Uh, we aren't quite as hurt when we lose a big favorite. Big favorites and big dogs both can be profitable picks. They both can be bad picks. Again, it all goes back to assessing the probability that a team wins and comparing that to the price that's out there. Uh, but let's get to it. And as always, with the scaling, with the picks, take what you like and leave the rest. I'm going to start off here at 2, 10 p.m. Eastern, Marlins at the White Sox. For a hot second, this was an A grade pick on the Marlins, but I mean, it was gone even literally before I could bet it. And I saw these lines pretty early on in the day. Uh, books hung a bad number on this one to start with, but it adjusted quickly. Sandy Alcantara against Michael Kopech. Obviously, Sandy, you know, struggling this season and not looking like his Cy Young self from last season. 507 ERA. And the concerning thing is the advanced metrics say his ERA should be in the up in the lower fours. And he hasn't been good this year. And it's not like it's been bad luck. We've talked about there's a handful of pitchers who've struggled this year. And I say, hey, I think we're okay. I think there's value backing on people overreacting. And there's some guys who just haven't looked that good. And Alcantara is definitely one of them. Luckily for him, he's facing Michael Kopech, who hasn't looked great either in the advanced metrics. So his ERA should actually be higher than the 433 that it's been. So it's not like he's going up against a real good pitcher on the other side of the mound. It's just that in general, while there is still a big difference, and I still think based off for last year that Sandy's still a good pitcher despite his struggles this season. The gap is smaller than it would have been at this time last season. So definitely edge to the Marlins with regards to the starting pitcher. Offensively, it's a wash. Bullpens. Marlins bullpens looking pretty strong now, especially with A.J. Puck back in the mix. Uh, White Sox relievers looking pretty solid. This White Sox seems been only backed a decent bit. Backed him in both games in the doubleheader at plus odds split, which is perfectly acceptable at plus odds. Uh, and so I, I kind of think this White Sox seems going at least in the right direction. They're at least still in the playoff pictures just because of how weak the AL Central is. Uh, I don't think a single team right now is above 500, or if they are, or they weren't yesterday or something. I, I, get, I can't remember when I saw that graphic. Uh, this White Sox seems pretty solid. They're at home. But again, the big advantage for the Marlins with regards to the starting pitcher is why the model says this should be Marlins minus 112. Anything even money or better on the Marlins is an A grade. Anything plus 124 or better on the White Sox is an A grade. And right now we are not anywhere near either one of those numbers. So I'm passing on the side for now and focusing on the over eight. Alcantara has not been good. I think he's still a good pitcher, but he's somewhere between probably what he's shown this year and what he was last year. And that makes him hittable for an, a decent White Sox offense. I think he's going to give up some runs here. I don't know if that's just too many innings he threw last year affecting him this year or what, but the White Sox should be able to put up some runs. I don't trust Kopech to shut anybody down. Model projects 9.5 runs in this one. I think over eight is a gift. I think that this total should be at least nine. I'd probably still go over nine, but I'd like it a little bit less. Over eight makes a lot of sense here. I think we're getting this total of a projection of what Alcantara used to be, and he continues to show that he's just not that pitcher this year. Again, I think he's still good. It's just this is priced as if he's still great, and I don't think that's the reality. So over eight, a really strong play in this one. It'll be a warm day in Chicago, mid-80s, and the wind will be blowing out. 
to start, it will shift to be blowing across more later on, but it's going to be about a 10 mile an hour wind blowing out to start. And so with the wind blowing out early on and the hot day, the ball should carry. I think we can get a decent bit of runs here again. Model says nine and a half. So over eight, a really strong play for this afternoon contest. 2.15 p.m. Eastern Reds of the Cardinals got a total play and an A-grade play. Let's back the Cardinals at minus 157 here. Why is there value on the Cardinals in the over? I think it all boils down to one thing and one thing only, and that's Andrew Abbott, who is not a bad pitcher. And I don't remember if we backed him last time or the under. I meant, I remember talking about him last week and saying, I didn't think he was that bad, that he's going to come up and he's going to be a decent prospect. He'll be okay. And I still stand by that. Here's the thing. And he, and he looked good in his first outing with regards to his results. Six innings, no one runs. That's good. Here's the thing, though. The advanced metrics say he got pretty lucky in that start and that it should have been that he should have given up three-ish runs would have been about what we would have expected. I think he's okay for a prospect. It's just most rookies come up as pitchers and don't pitch very well, right? So when I say that the model projects him as slightly below league average, that's not really a terrible thing. Uh, a lot of rookies come up. Uh, the, the kid pitching for the Braves here on Friday night projects to be the second worst pitcher in my database, right? So a lot of rookies come up and just are, the model's just like, this ain't going to be good, right? Well, the woo kid for the Mariners, um, which we are going to talk about later on. Another good example. Of it. So I think Abbott's solid, you know, slightly below the average for rookies, nothing bad, but I think everyone's a little bit overhyped about him at this point, thinking he's going to slot in right next to Green and Lodolo, and he might in a couple of years. I don't think he's there yet. And so I think that's why there's value here on the Cardinals and the over. I think he's being overvalued, so which Whichever one you like the most out of them, you can pick. I'm playing both. Model says it should be Cardinals minus 193, that they win 66% of the time, and anything minus 173 or better is an A-grade pick. So it's a solid investment on the Cardinals, who are still a good team, still a better offense than the Reds, still a better bullpen than the Reds. And even though Michaelis has just been an average pitcher for the most part of his career, he's better. He's slightly on the right side of average, or his average on the slightly the wrong side of average game in St. Louis. This is one of those where uh, the Cardinals should be bigger favorites in this. So minus 157 is a fantastic investment. And the model projects 9.4 runs in this one. We're going to have a, we talk about St. Louis can be a very pitcher friendly ballpark. It becomes more hitter friendly when the weather's warm. Saturday afternoon here, we're talking about mid to upper 80s to start in this contest. By the end of the game, it'll still be around 80 degrees. That's fairly warm. And that's where the pitcher friendly ballpark completely goes out the window and this becomes much more hitter friendly. And that's what we're talking about here. We're also having an out blowing wind at lower just just below 10 miles an hour to start by the end of the game we're talking about up towards 15 miles an hour so it's going to be hot with the wind blowing out to start and as the temperature cools off the wind's going to pick up even more to kind of counteract it it's going to be pretty hitter friendly conditions here i think the cardinals are going to be able to score a lot of runs i think abbott's going to get dinged a lot here we're going to realize he's still a rookie pitcher and it's not like he's you know, De La Cruz coming up, who's going to be a stud from day one. I think he's going to get hit around by the still above average Cardinals offense. And again, a park that plays very pitcher friendly. The model's looking at this weather and saying it's not the day to be a pitcher in St. Louis. So over eight and a half is the model projects 9.4 and the Cardinals at minus 157 in a great pick. There is some potential rain in the forecast here to the later part of this game. I'm recording this almost uh, 24 hours before first pitch. So check back on the weather on this one. I don't think right now it's going to be an issue, but between now and then a lot could change. So potential weather issue, more, more minor weather issue than anything else. But assuming that rain holds off, we have a great day for hitters and a great day to back the Cardinals, who should be much bigger favorites in this one than the books are making them.
3 10 p.m eastern padres at the rockies let's grab the rockies here at plus 110 a b great pick a team i'm much more comfortable backing at home than on the road we've long talked about how they have a better home foot advantage their players are a little bit more used to that park its dimensions and mainly just what the ball does in that park how it plays different uh your stuff as a pitcher does different things etc and that's part of the reason why i like the rockies here ryan weathers is terrible we faded him heavy against the Cubs last week. And that was a Cubs team that can really struggle offensively. And I have talked about the Cubs should be better against lefties because they're so right-handed heavy right now. And that is absolutely the case. But even then, they can still struggle on a good lefty, as we saw against Reed Detmers, uh, which we had talked about here a couple days ago on this show. And that was an easy win as the Cubs really struggled to score off of that lefty. That just shows you how bad Ryan Weathers is. So you've got a Bad pitcher for the Padres. Pitching in course does not bode well. And on top of that, he'll be matched up against Kyle Freeland, who isn't anything special, but a guy who can hold his own and be respectable at home. And that's a tough thing to do. 406 ERA on the season. Advanced metrics say it should be a little bit higher, but for the most part, he's having another decent year. Again, not a guy you know, worthy of a $10 million type contract, but a guy who's solid and can get the job done. And that's much more than I can say for Ryan Weathers, who I have absolutely zero faith in. When you look at his advanced metrics, Weathers ERA is in the low fives, should be probably a little bit higher than that. So in the rare situation here, the Rockies have a starting pitcher edge. Bullpen-wise, this Padres bullpen we talked about, Pitched a little bit better as of late, but I still don't think they're that good. The Rockies bullpen, not that far behind them. Obviously, the Padres have a much better offense and could score 10 runs on anybody, it seems like, if things get going well for them. But here's the thing. This Rockies offense plays well at home. Against bad pitching, they tend to hit it. They tend to get shut down on the road against good pitching. But at home against bad pitching, they can put up 10 as well. This is a pretty coin toss game. Model says the Padres win at 51% of the time, so the Rockies win 49% of the time at plus 110. It's a good, not great investment that's why it's a b grade it's something i think is worth the investment why do i think it's worth the investment because of the fact that we don't want to just limit how many picks we make i've talked about this previously if you're newer here you probably haven't heard me talk about it as much but if we're only making three say plays a day we're subject to a lot more variability now we don't need to go to the opposite opposite end of the spectrum and make 50 plays a day because there are some diminishing returns and you want to make sure you have more of your bankroll on your stronger picks. There is a happy medium here. And so we don't have to play every single game, but we want to play more than just a few. And so this is one where I think it's a great thing to put a little bit, add it to your portfolio. The edge that we have here is decent enough to be a smart pick, but I don't want to put all my eggs in this basket because anything can happen in cores. That's also partially why I like the plus 110. Anything can happen in cores means I want plus odds. Freeland's a better pitcher. I definitely trust him to be decent, even against a good offense, whereas I trust Ryan Weathers none whatsoever. So like the Rockies here at plus 110, B grade pick. If it gets to plus 119, that's an A grade. So do keep an eye on this one. The Padres, you never exactly know, but if money comes in on the Padres because they're starting to hit the ball a little bit better and this gets up another dime higher, Rockies plus 120 would be an A grade play. That's where I want to put even more of my eggs in that basket because the value proposition has increased. It doesn't change the probability they win, but it changes the reward, the payout, and that's where if it gets another dime higher, jumps to that A grade. Total on this one is 12 and a half. Model says 12.2. I think it's priced fairly well. And as I mentioned before, unless the edge is really large, I don't like playing totals and cores because there's extra variability there. It'll be a really nice day. Mid 70s wind will be blowing slightly in for the most part. 
if it wasn't wind blowing in, if it was wind blowing out, this is a day that I would have said the total might should be 13 or 14 because of the fact that the Padres can definitely score runs and Ryan Weathers can definitely allow them. That wind blowing in might keep a few extra balls in the ballpark, create a few more one run innings rather than two run innings, as in runner on first, that wind blowing in is going to be a double one run scores as opposed to a home run, two run score, a couple more innings like that. I don't really think 12 and a half I would go over at 12. I would consider it though because I have no faith in either one of these uh, pitchers to be great. Again, I think Freeland's going to just be serviceable because the Padres offense is so good. And like I said, I think anybody else go off weather. So maybe at 12, I'd go over, but at 12 and a half, I'm not touching the total whatsoever. Just focusing on the Rockies. Hopefully it gets a little bit higher for us, but even at plus 110, anything plus odds, I think worth a little bit of your money. 4.10 p.m. Eastern, Nationals at the Braves. Let's go under a big number, under 10.5 in this one. Mackenzie Gore and Jared Schuster. Mackenzie Gore, y'all heard me talk about. I like him. He finally now is solidly well above average, according to the model. About a half standard deviation better than league average. 366 ERA and advanced metrics say it should be slightly better than that. His problem is the fact that he pitches well a lot, and the bullpen behind him is terrible. The offense can be terrible. I think he can pitch well enough to keep this from being a runaway game. Jared Schuster, underlying metrics concerning, but he's looked much better since he's come back from the minors. I don't really think this Nats offense is great. I think he can get the job done against them, given how well he's looked lately. I think both these pitchers are decent enough. Not that this is going to be a two-to-one ball game necessarily, but I think 10.5 is just too many. Model says 9.9. It will be very hot in Atlanta, and that's obviously a concern. As we talked about, Atlanta can be a real swingy ballpark, cold, at the at the fringe parts of the season, early and late, really pitcher friendly. But uh, in the middle of the season, it can be very hot. And if it's hot, the ball carries. Good news for us, though, wind will be blowing mostly across and shifting more towards in as the game goes along. So it'll make runs late harder. Again, it will be hot. That's a concern. This Braves offense is really good. That's a concern. But Schuster pitching better should hold the Nats offense to not a ton of runs. The Braves bullpen, I still believe in them. They now are ranking more good, not great, as opposed to the start of the season when I had them projected as, I think, the best bullpen in baseball, at least top five. Now they're more top 10 uh, after that really concerning start, right? We can't ignore that. We don't overreact to it, but we can't ignore it either. But that bullpen's still solid, got some good arms in it, allows Schuster to not have to try to go seven innings, that sort of thing benefits him. And again, McKenzie Gore is one of the pitchers on the Nationals that I absolutely trust. The Braves are good. That ball's going to carry. They're going to score some runs. But this number, this projected total, makes it out like the Braves are going to score 10 runs off of Gore. And he's too good of a pitcher to let that happen in a typical game, in my opinion. So I like the under 10 and a half years. I think this number is just a little bit too high. I'm on a lot of overs here on Saturday, but this is one of the unders that I think makes a lot of sense with regards to the side model says Braves minus 166 right now I'm seeing Braves minus 180 so that's a pass you can get the Nats at plus 166 that would be a break-even play I'm not jumping on the Nats at this price uh you know I do like a gore but again I also kind of think Schuster's going at least in the right direction and this Braves team is really good so I I I think that Nats plus 166, just not good enough for me. Model will require plus 185 for an A grade. And that's probably what I'm holding off for in this one. It's probably, if it gets to an A grade for the Nats, I'll play it. Otherwise, I'm not really jumping to do it. I do think the Nats, and this is where the recording time of this is, 
I like getting this out early, the information out there. Very rarely does anything matter that's happening overnight. Uh, some relievers get used, but most of the time managers use their relievers in a way to not put themselves into big of a hole. But injuries and wonky games do happen. So I'm recording Friday afternoon. None of the Friday games have happened yet. And when I recorded Thursday afternoon, most of the Thursday games hadn't happened yet. Uh, that Braves-Mets game hadn't happened yet. So I think Friday night the Nats might have a little bit better of a chance to pull the upset given the Braves coming off of that series. There is that little bit of mental letdown potentially doesn't come into effect on Saturday, whatever happens Friday, everyone will be kind of moved on. So if you're looking at how crazy that game was, I definitely think there might be a little bit of an advantage to backing the Nats on Friday, but by the time you get to Saturday, that's long gone. So it's kind of just the only downside of the way this is recording, uh, the way this all happens to, to play out. Uh, but, you know, by the time we get here, I'm not dying to back the Nats because that emotional series is now long gone. Price too high on the Braves, though. If it does drop to about Braves minus 160, I would be invested at that point. Uh, but we're really a far away away from both sides being interesting, in my opinion. So just going to focus on the under 10 and a half. So I think it's a little bit too high. I think this total should be nine and a half personally. 7.35 p.m. Eastern Red Sox at the Yankees. Tanner Houck versus Domingo Herman. I'm going to back the Red Sox at plus 118 with a B-grade pick. Why is that? When you look at the ERAs, that would indicate that Herman is the better pitcher between these two guys, but I don't think that's the case. Tanner Houck's underlying metrics are really good. He pitched well last year. I think he's just had some bad luck this year. I think he's the better pitcher between the two. And I know that Domingo Herman looked fantastic last week on Sunday night baseball, watch that game. And, and he looked really good that got his rating to the right side of league average, but I can't ignore the previous 10 starts that he made this season where I just think he's around an average pitcher. He's not bad. Don't get me wrong. And he's very serviceable as a back end guy. You know, if you're the Yankees and, and you hope that Rodon comes back, right. And, and you've got Garrett Cole, you know, you got enough, you know, Severino there, you got enough good arms, right? That Herman doesn't have to be an ace. And that's the thing is I don't think he is an ace. He did pitch like it on last Sunday against the Dodgers. Absolutely. But I think that's an aberration. I think he's decent. I think Tanner Houck is the better pitcher here. And that's why the Red Sox make some sense. Also, of course, with Aaron Judge out, this Red Sox offense, I can confidently say is better. The Red Sox are also left-handed heavy. That means when they face a righty, that gives them a little bit of a boost. I don't like backing the Red Sox against a lefty because all those left-handed hitters, that projects their, league, their offense to be below league average but against the righty here this Red Sox offense is about a full standard deviation better than the Yankees Hulk's the better starting pitcher the only place the Yankees have an edge is the bullpen and of course they're at home all of that says it should all cancel out for the most part and be pretty coin tossy so plus 118 is a solid investment here on the Red Sox in my opinion Yankees said they models of the Yankees win around 52 and a half percent of the time so the Yankees should be slight favorites, but it's close enough to a coin toss that plus 118 is something that I cannot pass up. You do sometimes see Yankees money come in late, and so maybe this number gets better. Given that it's the Red Sox who also sometimes get some public money, who really knows? Uh, I'm just locking this in like I always talk about. Locking it as a B-grade pick. If it gets better, I'll add a little bit more to kind of bump it to that A-grade for my portfolio. But at plus 118, I'm happy playing the Red Sox. Good not great investment. I want the price to be a little bit higher to be something I'm really excited about, but it's enough of a coin toss that the Red Sox could easily win this again with the better offense and the better starting pitcher. They could pull it off pretty easily. Weather-wise, mid-70s to start, mid-60s to finish, wind blowing out to start, in to finish, so no real wind effect overall. Projected totals 8.8. 
I'm seeing eight and a half, so I'm not touching that total at that number. And a late game here to wrap us up. 10.07 p.m. Eastern. Mariners at the Angels. Mentioned that earlier, Brian Wu getting his second start was abysmal in his first start. Now, there is an interesting note. The advanced metrics say that he didn't pitch bad, despite the fact that he gave up approximately 312 runs in his two innings against the Rangers in his first start. That said, he doesn't project well. Pitchers coming up from double-A rarely project project well i still don't think he's very good even though there is a silver lining to what he did in that first outing which is it wasn't as bad probably as it looked of course because it looked like as bad as you and i would do out there so i don't think he's necessarily that that bad but also again i don't think he's going to do great given the fact that he's coming up from double a model doesn't think he stands much of a chance to succeed that's why I'm on the over nine and a half here at even money model projects 10.1. I don't love going over nine and a half, but the fact this is even money and the model projects a number in the double digits gives me enough comfort to do so. The Mariners are pretty right-handed heavy. That bodes well against a lefty and Patrick Sandoval, who's not bad, but his 414 ERA is actually a bit misleading in that the advanced metrics say it should be even higher than that. And so you've got an average pitcher in Sandoval, maybe even slightly below average with how he's done this year against the Mariners offense that while it has been disappointing is set to take advantage of facing a lefty in a hitter friendly ballpark and you've got a really good angels offense against a pitcher that i don't think is very good we're going to end up with a lot of those mariners relievers in the game mariners relievers are good but when you have to face pitch that many innings they're going to give up some runs i think we can get to double digits i like the over nine and a half and this angels bullpen while it looked good against the cubs I'm not sure it's going to look as good against most teams, Cubs offensively, like we said, other than a couple of bad lefties uh, that they can hit around, not looking very good at the moment. Wind will be blowing out like it normally is in Anaheim, low 60s for the weather, so we're talking a pretty normal day there in Anaheim, so nothing really special to talk about there other than, again, hitter-friendly park, Angels relievers not great, Mariners offense should do okay against Sandoval as a lefty, and the Angels should hit around Wu and get into the bullpen pretty quick. Over makes a lot of sense. Model would have a B-grade pick right now on the Mariners. I'm not touching it. I'm waiting until it's an A-grade pick. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, and I will not be sad. Why is that? I don't really have faith in Brian Wu. As much as I want to back a guy named Wu so that all game I can say Wu, because who doesn't like to say Wu? Unfortunately, I don't think he's there yet. Could be a good pitcher down the road. Don't think he's there yet. So unless it's an A grade, I'm not backing it. Right now, model says Angels minus 126 is what it should be. Too high of a price to back the Angels, so that's a no-go for me. Right now, the Mariners are plus 134. Model needs plus 140. So until it gets to plus 140, I'm not touching it. At that point, with an A grade pick, the A grade plays have done so well all season long, all last year. If he gets to plus 140, it's just too much value in a game that weird things can happen. And this Mariners offense is probably going to do better than they've done so far this season going forward. They've really underperformed. But that said, again, I'm waiting for the A-grade play to take him. I need big plus odds for it to be worth it. I like the over more than the Mariners, again, unless it gets up into a much higher price. And that's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for watching this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure the sports betting content provided on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I'll be back again next week with more sports betting content. Until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.